On Halloween night, Michael Myers escaped from Smith's Grove Sanitarium and went on a bloody rampage. After he was shot by Dr. Sam Loomis, Michael disappeared, and the only survivor of his killing spree, Lori Strode, was rushed to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. Michael is still on the loose, having survived six gunshots, and he is now hunting the one that got away in the only decent sequel in the original franchise canon, 1981's Halloween 2. I'm Connor Azagari. And I'm Austin Johnson. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday, listeners. And if you are listening to this on Saturday, happy Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween week. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to episode 108, Halloween 2. Last year around this time, we covered the original 1978 Carpenter classic Halloween. This year, we start a new tradition by covering Halloween 2. Next year, it'll be Halloween 3, then 4, and 5, and so on. What better time to show Michael Myers some love than on his favorite holiday? Hell yeah. No, this is perfect, right? The, the tr- tradition will go on for as long as we can, as long as they keep making Halloween movies. Yeah, and it's looking pretty indefinite right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, before we get into things, I've got one update for you on the Rewind, and it is timely, as it updates our ninth bonus on Hocus Pocus. Hell yeah. Bette Midler recently confirmed that she, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker are all returning as the Sanderson sisters for a Hocus Pocus sequel on disney plus yay (laughs) fantastic people returning yes that's good that's really cool uh it's probably gonna suck i don't care uh whatever yeah i mean we don't need a sequel pocus pocus is pretty pretty compact but you know i'll watch it i just off topic i watched about half of halloween town yesterday dude what I watched all of that like three days ago. I, I fucking can't anymore. It's so it's, bad. It is uh, so bad. Listen here, though. The, the, the DCOMs, the Disney Channel original movies are not good anymore. As you get older and you rewatch them, you're like, oh, you know, Luck of the Irish. Here we go. Uh, shit. Full Court Miracle. Shit. You know, <laughs> even Steven's movie, even shit. You know, these, these movies, they don't age well. Uh, Yikes. And Halloween Town is definitely in that group. Sad to say. Uh, but it's cool that Disney Plus just has all that shit, right? It is cool that they've literally like just dumped everything but Song of the South onto their platform. <laughs> just like everything except, you know, the most racist film ever made by a children's entertainment center. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it is weird that they're putting like disclaimers in front of Rob, like you know Peter Pan and Dumbo and saying like hey look we were a little racist in the 50s but Song of the South they're like no <laughs> yeah that one's annexed God. one day I'm gonna find like a you know VHS or a film reel somewhere in some like bookstore and I'm gonna watch that movie yeah 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 and we'll make an episode out of it you remember the Disney Channel original movie where Brian Cranston like stole Santa Claus's sleigh and like used it to rob houses? <laughs> I don't. I would love to know the name of that. You know, I, I do. I remember a lot of them, you know, like Xenon and those those kind of pop, obviously like the high, first high school musical, those kind of popular ones. But I don't know. 
it's I have watched some of them and yeah, they just they're so bad. Like going to the mat and uh, what's that one where he be, that guy's like a merman? Uh, I don't know. It's absurd. <laughs> well, the, Halloween Town just like all four movies are. You know, I want to be a witch, and Mom's like, "No, you can't be a witch," even though you just spent three movies being a witch. It, and it's, it's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing for an hour and a half. Yeah, oh, it's, it was. I walked out. I was like, I bailed on my family. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'm out. And they were all like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I yeah, got, yeah, I got this is, this is happening. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I understand. You know, I watched um, trolls tonight um, huh. with, with Willow and she like responds to it like crazy. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's not, you know, it's not a very smart movie, but I understand for a one and a half year old because the colors are so vibrant and, uh, that was weird. Is Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick as the main voices? <laughs> I hadn't seen it before, so yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till I have kids to marathon the Halloween Town movies again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely wait for a lot of those movies. You know, wait till you have a kid. Where at least their perspective, they're like, "Oh, this is fun." Yeah, you know. So John, Johnny Tsunami is still okay. Oh, sorry. Johnny Tsunami from the title alone, I I check it out. Yeah, Johnny Tsunami is still okay. The first one is I'm not saying it's good or anything. Uh, uh, I'll I'll stop there. (laughs) Um, So obviously Halloween major influence on our love of horror. Big monumentous film for the genre. Movies. Yeah, for movies itself, for Carpenter's career. like That movie opened a lot of doors. And then we got Halloween too. Uh... (laughs) Do you remember your first time with Halloween 2? I honestly can't. Uh, <laughs> but I did watch it. The Obviously, I watched it a couple nights ago. And then um, I was able to watch it. I think, yeah, it was two years ago. Whenever Halloween 2018 came out. I kind of watched a few of those. And it's just redundant as hell. You know, it's yeah. just three years after that. What I would think is a, a masterpiece for horror slasher and and again i think film in general i'm just a sucker for it and i know you are too it's one of my favorite 70s movies and then yeah you just just three years later and you know this this is classic for what horror it's one of the things you can kind of poke at it is like man they don't know when to stop in this genre especially in the 70s and 80s when it's just bam 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 make them keep making them keep making them and it gets really convoluted really confusing it makes it very hard for the fans and the audience to know what's canon what isn't what's real what's really happening and i don't like that so i very much prefer to just forget about everything <laughs> and go with the uh, 78 the 2018 but that's I, I know that i know each one has its charms but that's that's not really what i come to movies for for like little charms right it's i want to see a good product all together and this one in halloween 2 is not it well, you know, back in the day, really, like in the heyday of horror, you know, the 70s, the 80s, and really a lot of them in the 90s, too, and even a bit today, horror has always been a genre that, in producers' eyes, has always been more about profitability than anything else. They have yeah. always seen, you know, if, if you have one hit, you have 13 potential hits. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if the story's good. It doesn't matter if the acting's good. All that matters is asses and seats. Yes. And Halloween fell prey to that too. Big time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sucks, but that's just the way it goes. 
Yeah, and honestly, you know what? This this one could have been worse. And as we've seen oh, in the Halloween yeah. franchise, it got it got worse. Yeah, it gets again convoluted and just so much nonsense. Yeah, and again, like I think we talked a bit about this in the, in our first episode on our first Halloween. Loomis is a terrible fucking therapist. <laughs> like just awful. God. <laughs> awful. About as bad of podcasters as those two folks in Halloween 2018. Jesus Christ. At least Loomis like understands like we got to kill this thing. Those two podcasters were like maybe there's a human being in there that we can speak to. <laughs> yeah, that we can get to speak on our podcasts, idiots. <laughs> so Halloween 2 was a no-brainer for the producers after the huge success of Halloween, but nobody on the creative side of things had any interest in a sequel. Everyone had moved on. Uh, At the time, John Carpenter, franchise creator, was busy developing the Fog epic ghost movie. And Yeah, uh, yeah, can't wait till we do that one. And uh, despite wanting nothing to do with it, Carpenter and uh, his then-production partner, Deborah Hill, ended up writing the screenplay mostly for money. And uh, Carpenter just hated having to do anything for this. Like he sat in front of a computer or not a computer typewriter and just like, fuck, what, what now? Like Halloween was good enough. What else could I possibly milk from this? And I love that Carpenter was like, why? (laughs) Everyone else is like, we got to do another one. And he's like, do we? (laughs) You sure about that? My God. Jamie Lee Curtis is wearing a wig the whole time because she was, you know, she had a shorter haircut. She was moving on. She was in the fog. And uh, yes, everyone was just like, Halloween 2 needs to happen. The production, the producers were like, did you see those dollar signs? We want more of that. Oh my God. <laughs> Carpenter ended up conceiving the plot twist of Lori and Michael being siblings as a way to try and siphon more potential out of a movie that he felt had no more story to tell which is funny that he thought that at part two of an, of a franchise that has like eight entries in the original Canon and two remakes and one soft reboot <laughs> with two more on the way. And part two is when he's like, I don't think there's anything left here. There's nothing in the tank. <laughs> That's horror done. for you. <laughs> I've got nothing. Carpenter was very much a one and done kind of guy. Like, he, you know, he moved on to the next thing. He could have easily done a sequel to like Assault and Precinct 13 or Big Trouble in Little China. But the only one he really went for is Escape from L.A. And we saw how that turned out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm guilty of, uh, I had just said, like, little charms are not for me. And Escape from L.A. is definitely one of those movies that just has a few charms. Most of it's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, where else can you see Kurt Russell surf Los Angeles with Peter Fonda? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> And the basketball, come on. Yeah, come on. Full court, over-the-shoulder shot that he actually did. That, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's some gold. <laughs> oh. So, with Carpenter kind of locked into doing something with this, he felt, you know, let's grab a six-pack and fight our way through this screenplay. And he wrote, like, four drafts, ended up with what we got. And uh, he had resistance every step of the way. We have Rick Rosenthal as our director because Carpenter, they tried and he's like, fuck, no. (laughs) Stop. I will write your movie, but I'm not sitting in that chair. And uh, he 
he doesn't do anything special with it. Rick Rosenthal, uh, he would later return to direct 2002's Halloween Resurrection as well, the one where Buster Rhymes takes down Michael Myers with a kung fu kick. So I don't think this guy really knew what he was talking about when it came to Michael Myers. <laughs> which is the key, which is the key to the whole thing, right? It's like, if you understand this nameless, faceless monster, then you understand what Halloween can be. And clearly, <laughs> clearly the, it's not there. There's just no cohesion. Best For me, the best thing about 78 Halloween and 2018 Halloween is that they understood that in the end, Michael Myers is just a man. But he's a man who won't stop. He can be stopped, but he fucking won't. <laughs> he's not the, you know, he's not a demon. He, can, he can't survive, you know, a gunshot point blank to the head. <laughs> it's just, I, I don't like that they basically turned him into, you know, Jason. He's basically Jason with a different mask at this point. Yes. And uh, I know I'm going to catch some fucking flack for that one, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, those, those are the kind of, those are the kind of takes you need to have, uh, you know, uh, people are going to disagree, but fuck it. People also disagree with the, uh, you know, who directed a uh, poltergeist, right? So yeah. Spielberg, right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how I see it. Yeah. So, well, the reason that, you know, the production team wanted, you know, a gorier, more aggressive Halloween movies because Friday the 13th had just come out and it was a big hit and it is super gory. So, Obviously, product producers are like, well, that was gory, and that's why it was a success. So make this gory, and then we'll have a success. Exactly. They don't, I don't think, you know, studios have never in the history of Hollywood ever understood correlation and causation. <laughs> that's not why Friday the 13th was a hit. Well, it was a bit. All right, a little bit. <laughs> and I don't have time to unpack all that because this is the Halloween 2 episode, not the Friday the 13th episode. One day. One day. One day. I think it's kind of interesting we made 100 episodes without ever touching Elm Street or Friday the 13th. Yeah, well, you know, the book has so many movies, literally thousands. So, you know, there's a lot of movies that we haven't touched that I'm sure uh, would surprise us. But at the same time, when you when you look at that book, you're like, oh, OK, I see. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about, uh, you know, 100 episodes or, uh, you know, whatever out of. That's pennies out of the, the scheme, the grand scheme of things uh, with all the, all the films we are able to do, which is why this probably will never end. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie Lee Curtis, Donald Pleasance, and Charles Cyphers reprised their roles as Laurie Strode, Sam Loomis, and Lee Brackett, respectively. If you want a yep. small dive into their careers, check out our Halloween episode from last October. We went pretty in-depth on those guys. To replace Nick Castle as Michael Myers, as Nick Castle had moved on to screenwriting and uh, directing, he, I believe, co-wrote Escape from New York. Um, stuntman Dick Warlock was cast. Uh, his real name is Richard Lemming, because there's no way in hell his real name was Dick Warlock. <laughs> no Dick way. Warlock. Oh, man. Well, or, yeah, or maybe he was, and his dad is like, my last name's Warlock? I'm going to give my son a badass name. And then he just made a weird decision. <laughs> after last, you know, after last week's Stefan Bordeaux, I'm noticing like a fucking pattern here. Oh God. Named <laughs> weirdly chosen named people, Dick Warlock and his son, Lance Warlock, not making that up. 
<laughs> Stephen Jeffries, Stefan Bordeaux. Absolute legend. All of that is true. <laughs> what so the Dick, hell? Yeah. So Dick Warlock is kind of a legend in the stunt community. He's a stuntman. And uh, some of the other films he did stunt work on include The Thing, The Dead Zone, Christine, Commando, Big Trouble in Little China, Spaceballs, Pumpkinhead, Child's Play 2 and 3, Casino, and Spider-Man. And I left out quite a lot. <laughs> this guy was just, you know, tons of cult films. He was, you know, getting car crashes, falling off buildings, lighting himself on fire, just crazy shit. Unbelievable. Nothing but respect for the stunt guys here on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And over on our, our other show, Oscar Sunday, it's like a thing that we are just confused, just like a lot of fans are confused why there's not an award for that, why there hasn't been since like the 70s. Just makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, for that level of commitment to your job to literally like drive, you know, in front of a train, you know, fall off a building get shot it's fucking crazy like if anybody deserves some gold it's those guys yeah no kidding and other than dick warlock i can't name a single one that's sad dick warlock that's a good one to know <laughs> damn straight dick warlock i'm just picturing like i don't know it'd be hilarious if like after stunt work he became like an attorney or something and just had like his own private practice you know dick warlock attorney at law yeah, I would watch yeah, the hell yeah. out of that show. Warlock and Associates. Warlock and Associates. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, oh. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. <laughs> so we have uh, our new cast, pretty uh, underwhelming, if I do say so. Uh, Lance Guest plays Jimmy, the paramedic who is inexplicably loyal to Lori after meeting her for five seconds. Some of his other film appearances include The Last Starfighter, Jaws the Revenge, and a few episodes of Knots Landing. And you know, nobody really... Yowza! <laughs> God! Yeah, there's no Jamie Lee Curtis, like, you know, Diamonds in the Rough in Halloween 2. <laughs> Uh, uh, Pamela Susan Shoup plays Karen, the nurse who gets naked in a hospital therapy bath and boils alive for it. Shoup has done a lot of TV work before and since Halloween 2, and only one other film, 1977's Empire of the Ants. So, uh, ah, oh, my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a great film. <laughs> Empire of the Ants. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. They were just grabbing whoever they could get at the audition who looked relatively teenage and was willing to get naked. <laughs> Pretty much what they wanted. Oh, man. Hunter Von Leer plays Deputy Gary Hunt, who takes charge of the investigation after Brackett goes home to grieve. Some of Von Leer's more notable roles include History of the World Part 1 and a lot of 80s TV. <laughs> yeah, a lot of TV people. Uh, a lot of cocaine, a lot of TV work. And this ain't, you know, post-HBO Sopranos level TV. This is, you know. No, no, no. That's why I say a lot of cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. This is Peyton Place and Knott's Landing and L.A. Law and shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> Dallas. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, these are the shows that are like, it, it's a block schedule where bam, bam, they yeah. film back to back to back, bam, 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 get it done, put them out on the TV for people to watch, and it's just shit. And I'm not talking starring role. I'm talking, you know, killer of the week. <laughs> like, the, that's the caliber we got here. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not wrong <laughs> to point that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Leo Rossi plays Bud, the douchebag EMT who also gets naked in the hospital therapy bath. Course, Rossi yeah, yeah. is a character actor who would have gone on to appear in such films as The Accused, Maniac Cop 2, Analyze This, and Gotti, among others. So he's arguably the person with the biggest career, but eh, he's not exactly leading in those movies. He's like, you know, aggressive Italian thug number four. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah that's exactly right he's he is definitely the third or fourth guy in every roster and you know is that is that saying a lot if that's the guy who's gone on to do yeah that's kind of sad <laughs> to do the most yeah if that's if that's your golden boy maybe it's time to reevaluate this film <laughs> yeah well we are right here and the jig is up it's not very good not not very good there are really two good movies in the halloween franchise and it's the first one and the last one <laughs> uh, i love them both they're both two of like my top 100 favorite movies ever you know like they're in that i love them and just there's yeah. nothing in between there's nothing really in between for me dude the gap is so wide it's like 78 2018 then there's like Two football fields and Halloween not, Two is right there. That's not a gap. That's a fucking like <laughs> chasm of space. You know, you got that's a the fucking Grand Canyon is between those yeah. movies. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that is a canyon of space. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, so Halloween Two was intended to be the end of Michael and Laurie's story. It's it ends pretty definitively, and. uh Every film after it was going to be a different anthology movie set on Halloween night. That's why Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, famously has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Uh, this was going to be Carpenter's plan, but Halloween 3 was such a failure, and everyone was like, where the hell is Michael? That they decided to go back to formula in part four, and they never stopped. <laughs> and uh, honestly, three sucked too. Three, like Three was awful. That might be my least favorite. And I've seen the Buster Rhymes one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's on par with this one here. They're both just not very good. Uh, but I, I don't hate either of them. Uh, but the anthology idea, I can, I can get behind. Yeah. If, if, uh, you know, it sounds stupid. Like if, if it's done right, you know, but you have the title of Halloween, right? This encapsulating thing that everyone all over the world really can, can see and understand right away what it is. And then with that, you have all these alleyways you can go with, you know, the, the holiday. And on this holiday, this happened in this city. And on this holiday, this happened in this city. And had there been a room of, a room of guys that, you know, had some real creative juices going, this could have been one of the coolest you know, franchise, not just horror franchise, franchises ever, you know, if they played the cards right, maybe did a movie every five years or something, right? And just kind of 
played their cards right, found a good director who's willing to get on board and find a writer who's willing to come up with a new idea. And that could carry on to today, you know? Uh, imagine the torch being passed through the Halloween, you know, franchise. Instead, it's just kind of passed in the oddest way possible over and over again with these strange gaps throughout. And then, the, the again, the gap in quality is so huge. It's It's quite frustrating with what on paper, if it's say it's 1978 and you and I are like, oh man, like, look at this idea, a Halloween movie. We're going to open up with this banger with this crazy good villain. And then we're going to have an anthology series to follow with a bunch of movies. That sounds great, but they just, they just didn't take care of it one bit right from the get go. And we're, that's why we're talking about this one, you know, and then next year we'll talk about season of the witch, you know, and we'll keep it moving that way. But fuck man, there it's, it's frustrating what was there and what the potential is. It's frustrating. Well, I think the biggest mistake was making two Michael Myers movies in the, like at first. Yeah. Back to ex- back. Yeah. Cause with three people are going to expect another Michael movie. They're going to want yeah. that. So yeah. if season of the witch had been Halloween two, we never would have had this problem. And I don't, I think it would have worked, mm-hmm. but you know, dollar signs. Yep. Yep. It's, it sucks, man. It sucks. Hindsight's fucking 2020, of course. And then, you know, in four, Michael's back and Loomis is back somehow. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like that one. I don't like that one. They don't answer that shit. And Michael's mask is always different because they couldn't couldn't remake the mask. There's such a weird story behind the mask, and we'll get to that later. (laughs) Frustrating. Um, Halloween 2 has an IMDb score of 6.5, which I think is a little generous. And, uh, a Rotten Tomatoes score of 32%, which sounds about right. Uh, it was a pretty big hit, grossing $25 million on a budget of only $2.5 million. And it, it was considered you know, one of the better films of the franchise until about 2018. <laughs> uh, so this movie, Halloween 2. The first thing that weirded me out was the direction Carpenter decided to take the music. Uh, I thought it was a little shrill, and mm-hmm. weird, like off beat or off tempo or something. It just sounded weird. What do you? Yeah, think? and yeah, yes, I agree. And I'm like obsessed with the you know the original uh, theme music, and then of course, I think his best work is the Escape from New York theme, <laughs> or or the Assault on Precinct Thirteen theme. And these are very simple very easy to understand oh right away right away you start bobbing your head you know and then you know this halloween one you're right it is it is a little off kilter and kind of throws it off a bit but i guess that's just what they had to do that there's so few actual changes big picture wise plot wise that I, I guess you, you feel like you have to make that minor change to kind of, I don't know. It, it is a little frustrating, but I do, I do like the intro uh, as far as I like the, you know, the classic font. I like the, you know, the pumpkins, all the, you know, jack-o'-lanterns and the knife and all that stuff. All that stuff is fun, but right away, it's just, it's just dull, like right away. It is. Uh, they do open right after, like right at the end of Halloween. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they reshoot like it. They reshoot like it a bit. Yeah, it's weird. 
but well, uh well yeah you're 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 kind of fucking with greatness right and this thing that this thing that happened just three years prior i just have a hard time kind of swallowing that like you just that moment of him leaning forward of michael myers leaning forward when laurie thinks it's over no like that 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 happened that moment happened and you need to watch that movie to digest it not this one you know because that's that's the finale that's part of the finale and i just don't i don't like that decision to open your film just like check out this and well it's a sucker way to get your your audience pulled in but i I, i'm not fooled by it you know it's i think it's silly the more i think about the music and how much carpenter didn't want to do this the more i think like was he trying to sabotage this thing from the inside yeah he just like barely threw it off like i'm just gonna kind of off kilter this the same beat the same tempo just kind of didn't (laughs) even write a little niche in there didn't even write a new score just like took his current score and just like made it a little bit like louder (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and then yeah a couple extra couple extra notes that's it you know um so another scene i'd like to bring up is when loomis and bracket are hunting michael and they see some guy in a similar mask just walking on the sidewalk, <laughs> minding his own business with a like a trick or treat bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they didn't think, you know, Michael probably isn't trick or treating. <laughs> but Loomis immediately pulls his gun and yells, "Stop!" And the guy just, you know, can't hear them, so he starts walking across the street and out of fucking nowhere. This cop just barrels into him, j- dives out of the car, and the car like hits another truck, and the whole thing just bursts into flames. This kid just gets burned alive. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just not—it's not, it's not uh, really addressed. And what a what a waste of money! <laughs> Holy shit! I when I saw that, I was oh man, you know, when you got a budget, you should pick and choose where you're going to spend your money here. And they spend it on this death, this ridiculous death that doesn't get addressed. What the fuck? Yeah, look out! Like, this cop yeah. 90 in a neighborhood. No reason. <laughs> just, uh, and this kid just eats it. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's bad. There's no, like, they're just like, well, it might be Michael, so we better just call it off. And Loomis is like, shouldn't we be sure? And they're like, all right. I guess. <laughs> Fuck it. Worst case scenario, we just murdered an innocent kid and somebody's going to have to go tell the family. Best case scenario, we just plowed into a serial killer. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's such a... God. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. It's just No, so- no. There is nothing to say about that one. It's... It's it, it, it that that fundamentally is why it just doesn't last. <laughs> it's so funny, but it's not supposed to be. No, exactly, exactly. And, and you know, there's a lot of people, uh, folks who don't uh, appreciate horror, right? And these are the kind of movies that give them the bait. You know, give them the fucking, give them that shit to just be like, see, look how silly this is. And I'm like, yeah, I know you're right. <laughs> There, dude, there is so much evidence in that pile. It's ridiculous. I know. It sucks. It sucks. But that's just, you know, yeah. comes with it. Comes with it. You put your net out there, and hopefully hopefully you get a Halloween 1978 every now and again. Prospectors, painting for gold. 
Yeah. <laughs> Gold out there. <laughs> Don't even show you those stinking badges. <laughs> There's something. So there is something weird that Michael does in this movie and in the new one. He like, goes out of his way to avoid killing babies. And I always thought that was odd. Like, I get why the production doesn't want Michael stabbing a baby to death. But in terms of narrative, it is strange that he is like stabbing everybody he encounters, but the babies, he's like, nah. I can't. I can't. It's too much. <laughs> I, and with that, with that logic, you know, it's it's like, well, you're gonna kill them later though, in Halloween 2018, <laughs> when they're when they're in high school. So so I don't know. I don't know what yeah, a lot I don't know where the logic is there, you know, because he's gonna kill people either way. But uh, yeah, like you said, for production companies, they don't wanna be like, We're gonna be the movie that has Michael Myers killing sex crazed teens and babies. Like, whoa, that's 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 too far. Yeah, we don't see a lot of baby deaths in movies, and that's probably a good thing. That is a good thing. That is we've talked about obviously we're desensitized. Uh we've <laughs> talked about how how we don't want to draw lines as fans or as like a movie community. You don't want to say, Oh, you can't do this in your movie, especially in horror. You want to want it to be completely free, but that's definitely something you just, you, you, you don't bring into play. So hats off to you, Michael Myers. Uh, you know, babies are off are you know, they're off. They're, they're not in play. So good oh, for Michael. you, Michael. I'm just picturing like one of those, uh, school assembly meeting videos where he strolls into frame and is like, hi, I'm Michael Myers. And I'm here to tell you yeah. killing babies is wrong. Yeah. 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 Shea Serrano, um, great writer. He has a chapter in one of his books, movies and other things. And it's a chapter called the Michael Myers press conference. <laughs> and it's basically shit like this that we're talking about. Just like, oh no, no, I wouldn't go there. That's too dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful, uh, you know. And <laughs> and then, oh yeah, no, like I was feeling it tonight. Had thirty kills, you know that. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. But if you can allow your mind to go there, and most of our listeners, I think, can, you know. <laughs> That's it, it. It is very silly. Michael, which again brings it to the podcast thing for Halloween 2018. The guy doesn't talk <laughs> for like 40 years. He's never said anything, but he's going to so, talk to you. Yeah. So there is no podcast. There is no press conference. There is no him quite, you know, answering question. That's why it's fun to talk about. <laughs> you imagine if in 2018, like at the beginning, when the guy goes to the hospital to talk to Michael and he pulls out the mask, if Michael had been like, Hey, I've been looking for that thing for 40 years. Where'd you get yeah. that? There it is. Good <laughs> memories. Yeah. And like, yeah, like, he gets in a car and play, let the good times roll. You know, <laughs> 10 like people driving that. back, <laughs> driving back to Haddonfield. All right. Like, <laughs> Jesus. My God. You know, Michael is human. So he, I mean, he doesn't talk, but I would give anything to just see him sneeze. <laughs> like in a move, like not in a dramatically, but like he's chasing somebody, he's walking. It's very scary. And then he just goes like, <laughs> Ugh. and then keeps walking <laughs> uh, yeah that that that's great little human things for sure like sneezing coughing anything like that or like um 
ah, I gotta, I really gotta piss. <laughs> like if Michael Myers had to pee really bad in the middle of, you know, like trying to kill three people or something. Oh my god. Jesus, man. He's like, well, there's a restroom here. So I just locked the door. Darn, what are they going to do? You know? But even, I, wanted to, I want it to happen where he doesn't say a word. He just goes to the bathroom. You hear a flush. You hear hands washing. And then he just comes out, like, shaking his hands. And then just continues the pursuit. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. You hear, yes, yes. You hear a stream, washing the hands. Yeah, a little towel taps. A little... <laughs> oh. Maybe that's when the sneeze happens and he like blows his nose. Yeah. He's just <laughs> taking some time to kind of be human for a second. Mic time. <laughs> taking some mic time. <laughs> but still no talking. Yeah, that'd be that would be that would be great. Oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel bad for anyone out there who has like really been looking forward to a Halloween two episode for like a couple years and we finally do it. And we're talking about Michael Myers taking a piss. <laughs> yeah well the movie's not that great you know my god so <laughs> what did you think of the the bath the therapy bath almost <laughs> sex scene that results in the woman getting boiled alive ah rough i mean <sighs> this movie's border obviously is borderline comical you know it's like all right what are we doing here and I also, you know, it would be now that we're on that path, uh, like his hand must be getting burned in that scene when he keeps putting her her head under the water. And I just thought about, God, his hand has to be hurting. My mind actually went there when I was watching the movie. I was like, God, Michael is just a beast. <laughs> Look at this dude. He's just boom. And his arms at one point, like halfway, halfway in the water. And he's just like, uh, I have to do this. I have to do this. Fuel, fuel. And then, you know, and then just like, and then just tosses her like it's nothing, you know, just boom. Like, this guy's not human, man. This is, this is a freak of nature. It is, it is the most brutal scene in the movie, I think. And I, I, I don't know. I just don't think it's that frightening with the movie around it and that those actors in that scene. Well, I love bud just getting like very quickly strangled in the background like i've never seen a quicker strangulation what was that like 12 seconds and no zero sound like zero my god and uh, (laughs) the the fact that i mean i know it's a horror movie and people act irrationally in horror movies it's how they die but you think that if you became an emt you'd have more sense than that moron (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if you're at that point in your life where you are, you know, you're an EMT riding in an ambulance, you're not hooking up in the basement of a hospital in a therapy bath. I don't know. I think they should have made him like an orderly or just like some asshole who wandered into the hospital. Like her boyfriend who doesn't work there, but like came to see her. That would yeah. make more sense. Yeah, yeah. Um. I did not like Michael communicating at the school. I thought that was very out of character and very stupid. Oh yeah. I think it's classically one of the worst parts of this movie or one of the most, one of those out of character. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, writing Sam Hain on the board, which as we know, cause we did the trick or treat episode is pronounced Samhain. Samhain. Uh, but he's like 
pointing, you know, he's stabbing a knife in a picture of his sister and is like, Halloween. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's some Freddy Krueger bullshit. Bull- Michael doesn't do yeah. it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That is some Freddy Krueger bullshit. And I, Michael's the king. I don't want him to do Freddy Krueger bullshit. He's the, he's the, again, we just talked, he's just, he's the force. I want him to be the force, not, I, he's like the guy who just goes off instinct and doesn't have, you have no idea what's going on, you know, and I, I, I like that about it. Yeah. They, I hate when they fuck with that over and over throughout the years. It sucks. Well, Making it about like he's compelled to kill his relatives fucked all that up. You know, in the first movie and in 2018, there's no method to the madness. He's on a rampage. It doesn't matter who he's after. He's after everybody. That's yeah, what's scary he, about it. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what's great. You know, what, one of the scariest bits in 2018 is is that very thing is he simply is getting distracted by by Oh, potential a potential kill here. I'm gonna go ahead and take care of it, and then I'll go down the street. It, it's when he kills the um, the friend, the young boy, and puts him on you know on the fence on that yeah. that you know kind of like spear looking thing. That's him just like oh I got to do this real quick you know because because uh, it'll it'll make my night go smoother. Like that's how he actually operates, and that's fascinating as a horror fan more than yeah the you know writing and like we, we can watch movies about you know crazy people and freakazoids and all that you know but michael myers is a force we don't know if he's like human or not you know he's a force of nature and taking that away sucks yeah he's the boogeyman that's the whole yes point of the mythos. exactly exactly like i loved in the new one where he just gets out he just escapes the prison bus and he's wandering through the neighborhood where everyone's trick-or-treating and he's just like a kid in a candy store like who's gonna get it next like, yeah where do i go so many people so little time oh so many, some of the he, best horror scenes of of the past 20 fucking years uh during that bit david Incredible. gordon david gordon green gets it man he gets it that guy can direct no kidding oh. he's 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 wonderful all right but back to the crap so uh yeah, Michael communicating. Uh, the weird flashback with Lori's mom, I thought, was very weird and didn't seem like a thing an adopted mother would say. <laughs> um, yeah, you didn't think it was weird. It is weird. <laughs> but just the, like she would imagine, like, huh, remember that time my mom straight out said, like, straight up said to my face, Lori, I'm not your mother. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Who yeah, says just, that? It- that that's some shit for a TV show, not not a movie. What the fuck? Where you can address that through episodes and seasons? Not what are we doing? Yeah. Um, I don't remember the situation, but there was a scene where, uh, somebody discovered a body, and they like they they you know recoiled back, and Michael just kind of fades in from shadow. Yeah, that was fucking brilliant. I'll give him that. I really thought that looked cool. And that was creepy. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> uh, so, do you notice that nobody mentions Bud and that nurse again? Like nobody ever thinks like, what happened to that? What happened to them? They've been gone for a while. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I did it until you brought it up. Jesus, <laughs> just they get There's so many the, things not addressed. They get murdered in the basement, and they are never mentioned again. Yeah. God. Uh, 
I thought it was weird that Lori could like fake her heart rate or something. Like, remember when they find yeah. her like unresponsive and then she just bolts? Like, they checked her pulse and were like, "We got to get a doctor." How? How did she do that? Was she trained in the Himalayas? Like, how did she? You can't just do that. Like that takes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't seen uh, you haven't seen Batman Begins, League of Shadows. She's Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, that's some League of Shadows, like Navy Seals, James Bond shit. That yeah, yeah, you can't just do on a whim. (laughs) God damn, this movie is so just inconsistent. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's yeah, no cohesion, and it doesn't. There's so many things they don't address that make no sense, like that like uh jimmy slipping on the world's biggest puddle of blood and never showing up in the movie again yeah yeah that's that's it how do you not notice that you open a door you see a dead body on a table you don't you don't look two feet in front of you and see that the the floor in there is completely red you don't see that it wasn't dark that's not that's not the first thing you see when you walk in yeah it's just red yeah come on and then you just step in it and your ass slips, and that's the end of you. My yeah, God. don't give me that bullshit. <laughs> um, so obviously, Loomis comes back in part four after being at the epicenter of a giant gas explosion. Uh, thoughts on that? <laughs> obviously, Loomis is also uh, not human, just like Michael Myers, obviously. And I guess Laurie Strode isn't either because she can, yeah, like you said, you know, fake her heart rate. I don't know. I guess they're all superheroes. That would explain quite a lot. (laughs) That would explain the entire thing, the entire 40 years of madness. (laughs) Loomis is just inhuman. Like, yeah, that's hilarious. He's just Deadpool. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I, I don't know. Loomis... Again, that that part, like, why have that? Why why have that? And then having this explosion with the child that you brought up earlier. Why why have these here? Why? What's the point of those decisions? You're not. I don't, I don't understand who was, who did who who all is working on this screenplay. Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Like just them two. Are the we sure? Forces, the major forces behind the first one, but they did have no. a lot of their decisions vetoed. Yeah, no, and I knew that because, you know, watching it, it says their names, and you're like, oh, here we go, these two. I was maybe looking on AMDB if there was a third name, because sometimes they'll put more credit. No, it's just them two that are credited here. Yeah. It's very confusing. Fair However, enough. Rick Rosenthal and Carpenter butted heads a lot. Carpenter yes. did not think Rosenthal had the balls to do this, and Rosenthal's like, oh, I'll show you, asshole, and, like, those two, you know, forces hitting each other just fuck this movie up a lot sucks what do you remember at the beginning like a mom and her kid who's like bleeding from the mouth show up at the hospital and then like she gets oh yeah 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 she gets him some ice and then they go home what was the point of that (laughs) well i don't know what's the point of a lot of the stuff here yeah was that to tell like the real idiots watching this like you see that's a hospital Because that's the only reason that scene exists is to let you know, like, see, people get fixed here. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> oh God! And I was, t- I was talking to somebody about this earlier. Uh, when Lori goes into the parking lot and is like, you know, trying to get a get in a car and like 
all the cars in the parking lot have their tires slashed and their gas tanks ripped out. There's a, there's a lot of cars in the parking lot. That means yes. that somewhere out there in this movie uh, mythology, there is a scene of Michael Myers just going ape shit on cars in a parking lot. And I would pay anything to watch that footage of Michael just oh. taking knives to tires just constantly and nobody noticed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that would be some great footage. And that's perfect for uh, he's just like, you know, on car 10. And then, oh fuck, my shoes untied, you know. And then, and then gets back to it, you know. <laughs> Dude, we need to make a Halloween movie that is all just like the scenes in between the kills of Michael just going from place to place. I've always, yeah, I've always, I've always liked that, especially with franchises when there's so much content you can kind of fuck with it. I've always wondered and wanted to do myself a kind of different perspective within Hogwarts. Like, I mean, we're, we're with the fucking chosen one the whole time. I want to be with some normal wizards, you know? Uh, maybe some kids are just in Ravenclaw or something, and they just hang out and just, like, smoke weed, you know, on Friday nights and try not to get caught by Dumbledore, even though he, he already fucking knows and is like, oh, I used to do that as a kid. That's I, I love stuff like that. So Halloween, same shit. I mean, Michael Myers. That would be great if it was like, oh my god, Michael Myers is a smoker. You know, like in his spare time, he's like, he's taking just, smoke breaks. <laughs> he's just stressed the fuck out. He doesn't talk, but goddamn, he smokes like a chimney. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what's his brand? Yeah. You think? Oh, Winston's. Yeah, that was very specific. I appreciate the the you you definitely thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I I think about this kind of stuff all the time. I think about I've thought about I'll just say it. We don't have to go there. Lord of the Rings. Oh my word. Woo. <laughs> There's a lot there. <laughs> In regards to the Harry Potter thing, I've always wondered about the muggle-born kids who go uh-huh. there and like instead of, you know, shopping at Diagon Alley for magical shit, their parents take them to Target <laughs> and get them like you know, spiral notebooks and like multicolored pens. <laughs> and they're there just, you know, writing in a composition book. I imagine they get like, you know, sent home for not, not pleasing the aesthetic. <laughs> they're just like, yes, yes. I, will, I am not going to learn how to use a quill pen or carry around 15 feet of parchment when I have a perfectly good notebook right here. <laughs> yeah. 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 That that's hilarious. And that would be really funny if you had to get kind of a, you know, took a comedic approach at it, kind of like the in-betweeners, like a real, real dry approach at it with some random kids who aren't, again, fucking Harry Potter, the chosen child, you know, who's going to take down Voldemort. Like, I would love to just watch norm- yeah, norm- normal kids who are, who are like, fuck, this is hard, you know, and like have to really study and aren't constantly going through these crazy, <laughs> crazy things with, with dragons and shit and, you know, kids who don't make the Quidditch team. You know what I mean? Like that, I, I would love, I would love that personally. I would love that. And I would love to work on it. <laughs> they just did something like that with Star Trek. Uh-huh. On a, it's, a, it's an animated show called Star Trek Lower Decks, where it follows the red shirts who just like work in the bottom of the ship and have to deal with the constant crazy bullshit that Kirk and his people are up to. <laughs> that's genius. Yeah. I, I, yeah. To me, that's a great perspective on any 
any massive, you know, big IP title franchise, whatever it may be. I think that's a, such an interesting perspective. The, just the everyday folk who are there, you know. What does Michael Myers do, like, on the 4th of July? Like, and it's not Halloween. Does he yeah, do yeah. Or is 4th of July also prime time for him? We just haven't seen it in a movie. How hilarious would it be if it turns out Michael Myers, yes, he loves to kill on Halloween, but he is also, like, fiercely a patriotic American. <laughs> he, like, goes full bore on 4th of July in secret. He puts on, like, a American flag shirt. He rambos his, his face, face, his yeah. mask up, <laughs> and just, like, starts cooking hot dogs in his cell. <laughs> I would I would watch that. <laughs> Fucking A. You know? Or, like, Michael Myers on Christmas, and it's just like, oh, I just want to, like, give to somebody for once, you know? God, what are you thankful for, Michael, on Thanksgiving? <clears throat> oh, I just got a new set of knives. You know, you know, just silly shit. You know, I would watch the hell out of anything like that. Is there anything else you wanted to point out about Halloween too? Um, you know, as much as you know, we bashed it and been been pretty harsh on it for for the fans that are out there of you know this this franchise. It's not, it's not wrong to uh, you know go through this franchise and try to watch all of them and whatnot and watch them through Halloween. It certainly has a place. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is there, right? You know, Michael Myers is there. It gives you that that brief, you know, energy burst of holy shit! Look at these characters. It's just not as good of a film, you know, and yeah. that's okay. You're you're. Uh, it's very high expectations. I I. Just for the general fan, you know, just make sure you start with that first one if you haven't. <laughs> True. But for the most part, you know, the Halloween franchise, like the worst one is still going to have, you know, Michael slaughtering teenagers. And that's really what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. yeah and some, yeah, some people aren't looking into it as, as deeply as you and I are, or not as, not going to be as hard on it, you know? Yeah. They, they do want to see, yeah, just the slash, bam, bam, kill. And that's that's totally fine. Some horror movies are just mindless, crazy, bloody bullshit, and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, here are some film guys and facts for Halloween too. Hell yes. Number one, the mask that Michael wears is the exact same mask worn in the original 1978 film. It okay. looks different because the paint had faded due to a few reasons. First, because Nick Castle, the original Michael, kept it in his back pocket during shooting. Just folded it up, shoved it in his in his ass pocket, and was just like, well, you know, when they call action, I'll put it back on. This is what I'm talking about. Michael Myers folding up his mask and being like, God, I just need a fucking cigarette, you know? And putting it in his back pocket and being like, oh, man, you know, and grabbing a, <laughs> grabbing a soda or whatever, having a beer. <laughs> yes, that, I, I, would, I would pay a lot of money to see that. <laughs> what do you think is his beer? Ooh, that's a really good question. Now, let's see. Where are we at? Illinois, Midwest. I'll say Pabst Blue Ribbon PBR out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'd say that's probably uh, – that's a popular Midwest one. I'd say he's not a guy who likes to spend too much, and PBR is rather cheap. So, yeah. I love the way that you have, like, so weirdly profiled Michael Meyer to know his smoke and his beer. 
but it just it makes sense to me like yeah i buy that yeah i i think i think uh ideal friday night for michael myers is a pack of six you know a uh, uh, six pack of tall boy pbrs and a couple packs of packs of winston's yeah that would be it right there that's an ideal friday night and you know and watching some 70 horse flicks you know you know that's 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 what he's doing my god that's beautiful <laughs> He's watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre like, oh, all right, all right, all right. I see, I see what they're doing there, yeah. Chainsaw. I should maybe put it on the list. <laughs> mm, yeah. Ooh, just straight up hammer. All right. <laughs> so Nick Castle kept it in his back pocket, and then Deborah Hill kept the mask under her bed for several years until they filmed Halloween too. Like nobody – this mask wasn't on display anywhere. It wasn't protected. Like nobody gave a shit. That's – and it collected dust, became yellow because Hill was a heavy smoker. And the mask appears a little wider because Dick Warlock is shorter and stockier than Nick Castle, so the mask fit his head a little different. And uh, the producers thought this was going to be the last Michael Myers movie, so they let Dick Warlock keep the mask. And then when he decided to revive Michael in part four, they realized they made a huge mistake and never again gave props out to the cast and crew because that he, Dick Warlock didn't have a mask anymore. <laughs> So that's why the mask in every Halloween film looks a little weird and off is because the original was gone and then it was found later on. It's in the hands of a collector now. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like nearly dis disintegrated. But that's still so cool to have, to have any, you know, little, yes, a piece of cloth of that thing is cool to have that. That thing is legendary. The most ridiculous story I read regarding the mask came out of Halloween H uh, H2O, which had this, the stupidest title, oh, I thought. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's the one from like the late 90s, correct? Yeah, or, that was Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis's first return yeah, yeah. to the role. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 I've seen that one. Yeah. Oy. So that one, it, there was a weird thing. Like the producers had the rights to the character. They did not have the rights to the, the mask. Okay. So the mask, they, instead of just paying up, they made a mask that looked kind of like Michael Myers, but like freed them from the lawsuit. So it was just, it looked so off. And then the dailies, they were like, yeah, this looks stupid. We let's pay up. <laughs> so they paid up, they reshot those scenes except for the ones where they couldn't. So they CGI'd the, <laughs> the good mask on top of the old mask. And it looks so bad. This was Jesus. 1998. This was not, you know, this was not Avatar. This was, this was terrible. <laughs> oh, 1998. My favorite year for horror. Uh, Halloween H2O and Psycho, the remake. Yeah. God. Hey, we got Blade out of it. Oh, yeah. But those two are just, you know. <laughs> um, uh. Number two. And I thought this was interesting and just unnecessarily sad. The 17-year-old who is hit by the police car and burned alive is Ben Tramer, the girl, that, the, the guy that Lori had a crush on in the first movie. What? Just for the fuck of it, they killed him. Oh, yeah, we're just going to get rid of that guy to further her stress and anxiety. Oh, that's, that does not need to be in the movie, but just that they have that fucking hurts. Um, number three, and this was kind of interesting. Dana Carvey made his movie debut in this movie. Uh, he played an assistant. He can be seen receiving instructions from a blonde reporter in front of the Wallace house. 
It could be seen again at the end of the movie when the film crew follows Lori to the waiting ambulance. So this was Dana Carvey's first film appearance. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even tell. I couldn't see him. <laughs> no. Party on, Wayne. <laughs> and number four, an interview with John Carpenter revealed that the whole Michael and Lori being brother and sister thing was a consequence of the airing of the original Halloween on television. After NBC had obtained the TV broadcast rights, they contacted him with a request for more footage because the film was too short for the intended time slot. So they're like, you got anything else we could shove into this movie? And uh, Carpenter, who was making little progress on his Halloween 2 script at the time, conceived of the whole hidden family connection inspired by the big twist from Empire Strikes Back. And this twist allowed him to film additional scenes for Halloween, which retroactively dropped hints to the family connection, such as a scene inside Michael Myers' cell where the word sister is carved onto the door. And uh, at the same time, this served as a plot device to get his new script going. He later said, quote, the brother thing was awful, just awful. <laughs> Good guy. So all that came out of NBC not being able to fill enough time with Halloween. So they're just like, John, come on, give me some more. Jesus. Exactly. That's why, you know, there's those idiots in the room, not just not just Hill and Carpenter. True. Uh, I give Halloween to seven. Nothing special. Doesn't bring anything new to the table, but it doesn't suck. It is watchable. And uh, yeah, I've seen it like three times now and I'll probably watch it again at some point. Yeah, at some point. Right. You know, I mean, I own it. You own it. It's yeah. there. I'll give it a six for now. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, it's just redundant, and there's not a lot of cohesion, but it, it is, when you are a big Halloween fan, which obviously we are, it is fun occasionally to go down one of these wacky roads, and it uh, kind of creates a more fun conversation, whereas talking about Halloween 1978 is, you're talking about a, a borderline masterpiece there, so yeah. totally different, totally different conversation. Dude, I love shitting on bad movies. Like, that's half the fun of doing this podcast. Yeah, this one's not even like, like you said, not bad. It's just, it's just not good. It's worse. <laughs> um, so to close out today's episode, since it's so close to Halloween, we thought it'd be fun to talk about some of our Halloween season film favorites that we watch every October. Mainstays, yeah. we always bring to the table. And uh, yeah, let's get going. Uh, so every Halloween, like, what do you like to put on? Oh, uh, yeah, it's such a fascinating conversation to me. I love asking people what they're kind of, personal rotation is because obviously halloween is yeah an undisputed classic whatever fucking month it is so that's of course there but personally ones that i think maybe would resonate with some listeners or maybe even you would be uh some animated stuff like monster house 2006 uh and that's dan Harmon, you know screenplay yeah. uh obviously he's gone on to do some cool stuff and then Night River for Christmas, I adore. I always watch that uh, it, right in between, you know, um, Halloween and, and Christmas. I usually try to watch it sometime in November. Uh, and I think it's, I think it just fits with the, you know, fall and winter so well. And uh, a, a weird one would be Donnie Darko, 2001. Um, I know it's not really a horror movie or really a Halloween-oriented movie, but there is a really kick-ass Halloween party towards the end of the film and, you know, a really important part of the film and joy division is playing one of my favorite eighties bands and, you know, love will tear us apart is playing. 
And he has this moment of like, holy shit, I know what's going on. We got to go to grandma death's house, you know? And it's just, it's one of those moments in movies that I'll never forget. Cause I saw it at a young age and it still sits, sticks with me. And I, it just always comes back around to me in October. And those are the ones that you kind of get attached to. Right. But I, I would say, I really, I really love the, the kind of kid stuff. That's the stuff that has stuck with me since I was a kid. And Monster House and Nightmare Before Christmas are, are kind of at the top of that list. Nice. Very nice. That makes sense. Cool. Cool. Any, 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 like... any animated for you besides those two? Like what else? Is there anything that stands out? Any like more kiddish stuff? Like, like Paranorman's really good. Uh, I love Frankenweenie, you know, uh, Corpse Bride, any of that stuff. I I tend to go darker. <laughs> I, yeah, I do love I love Nightmare Before Christmas. I love Monster House. Those are probably the two animated stuff that I I bring into the rotation. Yeah. Um, Tim Burton is a big director who comes up around this time for me. Uh, one of my mainstays has always been Beetlejuice. Oh, I thought you meant darker for animated. I was like, what do you have? Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> no, you can't get quite darker animated wise than Monster House. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Maybe I haven't seen these. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, uh, for sure. Beetlejuice is it. Ah, good call. That's a favorite. That's uh, always been a favorite. It's that perfect, you know, quirky, undead comedy bordering on horror thing that I always like. I mean, and Keaton. Come on. Oh, I, <laughs> at his abs to me he has two peaks and it's right there late 80s early 90s and then it's like now <laughs> oh hell yeah uh if we're keeping in burton uh sleepy hollow is one i go to around this time of year that's a favorite uh-huh. um sweeney todd which i actually watched oh, earlier yeah. tonight <laughs> oh yeah um outside of burton uh one that i always watch mostly because my family really like like has always loved it so i've always kind of associated this movie with my family is practical magic ah okay yeah it's, it doesn't sound like it'd be in my wheelhouse but i actually no. really like that movie those are the fun ones though right that you yeah, just kind of like speak to obviously fright night obviously yeah we of course fright night you know we planned it for this october because it's one of my all-time favorites so that's yeah. always yeah i watch that movie a lot yeah any any like recent movies maybe from 2017 18 19 that have broken into that kind of or maybe they could get there one day outside of the 2018 halloween movie not really hereditary is for every month uh and that's kind of how i feel about all of these awesome horror movies get out hereditary the lighthouse the witch these movies i can watch at any time really See, I don't, yeah, I, I, I have a very distinct difference between just horror movies and then Halloween movies. Exactly. And that's why I like bringing it up because I certainly don't watch Monster House throughout the year. Yeah. It's usually just October. Like, uh, for example, uh, some horror movies that I bring into my uh, Halloween rotation every year, Shaun of the Dead is a big one. Okay. Okay. Because that's, you know, not everybody in my family likes horror movies and I tend to be put in charge of the entertainment around october so i you know kind of pick stuff for the family to watch and Shaun of the dead hits all those you know marks it's not too scary it's funny it's entertaining so everybody can kind of get a piece of that yes and uh another one that goes right in that vein is young frankenstein oh lord i knew yeah i was waiting you know 1974 absolute gem (laughs) uh 
I know this is going to divide the crowd because a lot of people hate this movie, but I don't give a shit because I have loved this movie my whole life. Van Helsing. Yes. <laughs> God, we have to... Wait. Is that a... That's in the book, right? Of course. Okay. I was making sure you weren't because I, I know you and I enjoy it, but there are a lot of people who hate it. I know. There are a lot of people who hate it. And, and, and I would kind of like to clear the air on that just to get... Just to get it out there that, hey, we, we actually find some ways to enjoy this one. The worst crime a film can commit is to be boring. And Van Helsing is not boring. That movie is very entertaining. I think it's very creative. I think it does. I think it gets a lot of unjust hate. Yes. Yes. That's right. Um, Twilight Zone, the movie. Okay. okay. That one is mostly in the rotation because of my grandpa huge twilight zone fan and uh i've i've watched that movie a lot and it is very very good (laughs) twilight zone movie is so underrated and it mostly gets you know a stigma because of the uh the accident that happened yeah 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 we'll get to that when we do that movie which is definitely going to happen someday yes but these are just some of the you know classics that i like to put on for the family around Halloween, you know, American Werewolf in London, Ghostbusters, Hocus Pocus, The Monster Squad, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. These are just stuff that my like my whole family's watched repeatedly every year and these are always going to be on the list. Yeah, I you know, it's that's so cool and I love that. I adore that that your family has kind of found that it'll kind of always be a tradition for you guys whereas you know, I grew up going to private school and church throughout you know elementary middle school and high school so halloween is not something you you celebrate uh for instance we talked about harry potter earlier uh at the school i went to um one of my very best friends he was reading harry potter and it got taken away from him by a teacher there you know so this is you know there's is very fine lines and so so that wasn't really a thing growing up right was like oh let's find movies to watch throughout october which is why I resorted to films like fucking Halloween Town as a kid, because yeah. that's what's on Dis- that's what's on Disney Channel. And that's what's that's what I'm able to watch, allowed to watch. So I've had to find it on my own as far as this month goes. You know, I, my parents have done a great job of exposing me to to dramatic movies and all kinds of kind of classic actors, you know. But when it comes to horror, I've really had to do the work on my own and create this rotation on my own. So that's why I, again, I'll say animated movies are the ones you're going to see in my personal stuff, because that's what I've always been allowed to see during October. So that's what's kind of stuck there, you know? Yeah. Because I think you're like me, where it takes a while for a movie to just break through a rotation and become become a movie that you're just going to, oh, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm just going to watch this every October. Of course, Halloween 2018 is different because it's, you know, a classic and it's a part of that a part of that, you know, 1978 jam. So, but it's difficult. It's very difficult to break that. And again, I think Monster House, Frank and Weenie, Nightmare Before Christmas, and like Paranorman, those are the ones that I would shout out. To put things in perspective and how we do things at the house, I'd like to read to you a, um, a, th- a chart I've been keeping track of. I'm doing this thing called the 31 Days of, of Halloween. Yes. And we've been watching a different spooky Halloween-related movie every day of the, of the month. And we're up to 27, and I'd like to read to you the 27 films that we have done, or 26 that we have done 
as of as of today, October 26th. This is you, your mom, and your grandparents, correct? Yep. Some just me, some just me and my mom, some just me and my grandparents, but always me. <laughs> You're always there. I'm always there. I have nowhere to go. <laughs> so no here's October 1st, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> October 2nd, Army of Darkness. Hell yeah. October 3rd, Death Becomes Her. October 4th, Monster House. <laughs> October 5th, Blade 2. October 6th, Young Frankenstein. October 7th, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. October 8th, Misery. October 9th, Extraordinary. October 10th, The Silence of the Lambs. October 11th, Hannibal. October 12th, Blade Trinity. October 13th, The Sixth Sense. October 14th, Anaconda. October 15th, Little Monsters. October 16th, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. October 17th, Bravo's 100 Scariest Movie Moments Countdown. Can't miss that one in October. <laughs> October 18th, Fright Night. October 19th, Hush. October 20th, The Fly. October 21st, The Monster Squad. October 22nd, Fright Night the Remake. October 23rd, 1408. October 24th, Practical Magic. October 25th, Halloween 2. October 26th, Sweeney Todd. Hell yeah. Got five more. That's awesome. We got some hammers. I've been waiting for the home stretch to do some hammers. And uh, we did start a little early in September. That's why American Werewolf and Beetlejuice aren't there. So, yeah. <laughs> Two classics. Yeah, that's how seriously we take Halloween in my house. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I love that. I respect that so much. <laughs> I think it's great. <laughs> that's great. That was fun. And definitely, you know, there'll be stuff we all add to the rotation over the years. Next year, who knows what the rotation will be. Yeah, yeah. We just know that Season of the Witch will be there for the podcast. <laughs> you know, I'm the only one in my house who hates that movie. <laughs> I'm, you know, Sean Fennessy, I've shouted him out a few times, host of the big picture. Just put that on a recommendation list recently, and I just don't understand it. I, I, whatever. I'll wait till next year to watch it. No. <laughs> Stonehenge. Masks, magic, druids, robots. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys and gals. If you enjoy this podcast, you want to see it evolve, feel free to donate anything you want to us. Uh, every little bit goes right back into the show. It helps us make the show better. If you want to donate, head to the Filmgasm podcast page on whatever your platform is. Click on support this podcast in the description. Thank you for your patronage, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Next week, we are staying in the slasher film subgenre with a film I have never seen before. It's Filmgasm contributor Caleb Leger's personal film pick, but since he is currently unavailable, I will be recording next week with Filmgasm frequent flyer Josh Allred for 2006's Hatchet, a horror cult classic that introduced horror fans to modern-day slasher titan Victor Crowley. And uh, never, like I said, I have never seen it before. Sure to be a riot. But uh, don't yeah, I've never I've never seen it either, so I'm I'm gonna check it out and listen listen to you guys hear your guys' thoughts. Hell yeah! And if you do need your weekly fix of Austin's voice, you can find it on Oscar Sunday, where we will be doing 2006's Borat and showcasing a bit of Sasha Baron Cohen's career. Very nice. <laughs> don't miss Hatchet next week, and don't forget that it's maybe not a good idea to get down and dirty in a hospital therapy bath especially when there's a psycho killer on the loose in town and his only survivor is in a room upstairs. <laughs> yes. See you next Wednesday. Mm -hmm.